You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the Admiral Bird. As always, our references are in the episode description. Please dig into those and learn something. Hell yeah, man. Okay, give you a little backstory here uh, about the Admiral. So, Richard Evelyn Bird Jr., born October 25th, 1888, died March 11th, 1957, was an American naval officer uh, a pioneering American aviator, polar explorer, uh, polar explorer, and organizer of polar logistics. Aircraft, aircraft flights in which he served as a navigator and expedition leader crossed the Atlantic Ocean, a segment of the Arctic Ocean, and a segment of the Antarctic Plateau. He is also known for discovering Mount Sidley, the largest dormant volcano in Antarctica. Bird said that his expeditions had been the first to reach both the North Pole and the South Pole by air. His belief that he reached the North Pole is disputed. He was a recipient of the Medal of Honor, the United States Armed Forces' highest military decoration, and the Navy Cross, the second highest honor for valor given by the U.S. Navy. Definitely a decorated military individual. He had some good shit going for him and a very famous explorer for the things that he Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah okay the ones disputed but he did uh, the the man went through some things Mm -hmm. they they really were kind of him and his squad were like pioneers mapping out the poles imagine back then trying to fly an aircraft into the arctic i watched an interview with him too and the planes weren't as good then they couldn't fly as long they were heavier and like there was a few juicy quotes of him talking. It was a little sketch, man. It was super sketchy. What? You had to oh, you yeah. really had to know what you were doing back then. Oh yeah. Um not that it's not hard now, but it was even harder back mm-hmm. then. Technology advances. We get cooler and cooler shit. Some of the jets the military has nowadays are just fucking cool. Didn't uh, I won't go on a tangent, but there's it is crazy how on their shittier technology and shittier resources they were able to get some pretty good stuff done and he was awarded for it man because back then they were men they got it done okay (laughs) all right let's talk about uh his most famous um expedition here and this has to do with the military um it was called operation high jump Mm -hmm. In 1946, Secretary of the Navy James Forrestal appointed Byrd as officer in charge of Antarctic Developments Projects. Byrd's fourth Antarctic expedition was codenamed Operation High Jump. It was the largest Antarctic expedition to date and was expected to last six to eight months. The expedition was supported by a large naval force designated Task Force 68. Would have been cooler if it was 69, but still cool. <laughs> they were one off. <laughs> um, commander by Rear Admiral Richard H. Cruzen, 
13 U.S. Navy-supported ships, um, six helicopters, six flying boats, two seaplane tenders, and 15 other aircraft were used. The total number of personnel involved was over 4,000. This is a a big project. Yeah, this is super big. Um, The Armada arrived in the Ross Sea on December 31st, 1946, and made aerial explorations of an area half the size of the United States, recording 10 new mountain ranges. The major area covered was the eastern coastline of the Antarctic from 150 degrees east to the Greenwich Meridian. They're covering some ground. Yeah, this was a giant operation. Had to, I wonder what it cost. They don't oh, they yeah. don't disclose that, but back then, millions. Back then this cost a lot of money. I want to get into the objective of this operation because I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, go into it. So this is what the wiki says. It's in six points. I'm going to start off with number one here. Number one, so the objective of Operation High Jump, train personnel and test equipment in the cold conditions. That makes sense. Number two, consolidate and extend the U.S. sovereignty over the largest practicable area of the Antarctic continent. And they put this in quotations. This was publicly denied as a goal before the expedition ended. So the U.S. kind of had this goal but didn't let anyone know, which is a little Hmm. fishy to me. Number three, determine if this was even worth our time. Number four, develop techniques so that we could build and maintain air bases on ice, which sounds pretty fucking dope to me. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) Number five, gain knowledge of the era of the area electromagnetic geological geographic hydrographic and meteorological propagation conditions in the area some big words for me six help out with operation nanook which was an similar operation to high jump but just on a smaller scale i believe they were covering the greenland area Hmm. and uh that was the six main objectives of this okay whole idea and it gets a little crazier here so after this operation uh ends i believe it's in the february 1947 the next month march 5th 1947 he has an interview admiral bird has an interview with a gentleman named lee van atta this is a quote from that interviewer i think this is pretty juicy right here Admiral Richard E. Byrd warned today that the United States should adopt measures of protection against the possibility of an invasion of, a, of the country by hostile planes coming from the polar regions. The admiral explained that he was not trying to scare anyone, but the cruel reality is that in the case of a new war, the United States could be attacked by planes flying over one or both of the poles. Talking about the recently completed expedition, Byrd said said that the most important result of his observations and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. The fantastic speed with which the world is shrinking is one of the most important lessons learned during uh, during his recent Antarctic exploration. I have to warn my compatriots that the time has ended where we were able to take refuge in our isolation and rely on the certainty that the distances, of the distances, the oceans and the poles were a guarantee of safety. That is a very juicy quote, in my opinion. It kind of seems like with him, with them being able to explore more, that the world is shrinking in a metaphorical kind of way. 
and that we we need to gear up now the validity of that quote is up for debate but i think it is very juicy how he explains that there is going to be he says planes from both poles either one or both that are going to invade the united states which you know, obviously it never happened. What ha- is that? What is he talking about there? I, what the hell is he talking about? And if you're wondering where I got this, this is from the Operation High Jump wiki. This is on the wiki. You can find the quote. But that was a fucking cool one, wasn't that's, it, Red? Yeah, that's weird. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know what he means by that. I don't know either. You know, we'll get a little weirder here, but this guy, this conspiracy delves into some weird stuff. Maybe That some might be the stuff. only yeah. quote that's going to support the crazier things. Okay. All right. So I, I like <laughs> it. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into the crazy. We have, we've covered the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's bring you guys into, uh, you know, the phantasmical. The juicy stuff right here. All right. We're going to talk about the secret lost diary of Admiral Byrd. That's yeah, juicy just in itself. <laughs> the secret lost diary. Yes. Not only is it lost, it's also it's, very secret. It's like we're setting up an Indiana Jones movie. Dude, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, okay. This is the sixth movie. Here we go. In the books, um, The Missing Diary of Admiral Richard E. Byrd, by Timothy Green Beckley and Admiral Richard Byrd's missing, missing Diary, A Flight to the Land Beyond the North Pole into the Hollow Earth by Jeff Douglas are points of the secret diary of Admiral Byrd during Operation High Jump. Now I'm going to read to you guys uh, some excerpts from the books. Um, I got one from the Hollow Earth book and I got one from... A Flight to the Land Beyond the North Pole, The Missing Diary of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Weren't you telling me there was like three separate books? There is three famous books, Mm -hmm. but I got quotes here from two. Uh, I wish they shortened the name of that other book. (laughs) That is a a mouthful (laughs) of a title there. I know. They were really doing the most with that. I'm all out of water, so I'm going to do my best, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, the excerpt from the Hollow Earth book. Here we go. During his Arctic flight of 1,700 miles beyond the North Pole, he reported by radio that he saw below him not ice and snow, but land areas consisting of mountains, forests, green vegetation, lakes and rivers, and in the underbrush saw a strange animal, animal resembling the mammoth. In January 1956, Admiral Byrd led another expedition to the Antarctic and there penetrated for 2,300 miles beyond the South Pole. The radio announcement at this time said, On January 13th, members of the United States Expedition penetrated a land extent of 2,300 miles beyond the Pole. The flight was made by Rear Admiral George Dufek of the United States Navy Air Unit, Byrd said on March 13, 1956. The present expedition has opened up a vast new land. Admiral Byrd said in February 1947, before his North Pole flight, I'd like to see that land beyond the pole. That area beyond the pole is the center of the great unknown. 
that is the end of the excerpt from Hollow Earth. So what's interesting is they saw a mammoth, and they're going way beyond the pole, Mm -hmm. 2,300 miles beyond the pole. In what direction? Where are they going? Who the fuck knows, man? It's also interesting how he claims that he sees a mammoth, and I believe that the woolly mammoth is one of the animals that they're trying to bring back like more recently. I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I believe that they have started working on that with a um, a Indian breed of yeah. elephant, actually. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fucking interesting, man. If only they hit up Admiral Byrd a long time ago, he could have... Got their hands on one of them. He was like, bro, there's one down here. We already got a few. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to dive into now the other excerpt. This is the long... That was the short excerpt, actually. This is a long one from... um, Well, I guess just by the title, you could say you would know it's long because the title's long. (laughs) A Flight to the Land Beyond the North Pole, The Missing Diary of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Here it is. I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. Okay, I should start. I should have um, prefaced prefaced with this is after supposedly. So supposedly the Admiral found a city beyond the North Pole. Mm -hmm. I can dig into a quote real quick. To go, talk go about, ahead. Let's. We should have uh, set this up better. Thank you. Help me out here. To talk about the city. So uh, this is from another version of the diary. This is mm-hmm. on... I'm going to preface, preface. It's not a great website. I'm not going to act like this is fact. But this one is called The Inner Earth. And I'm going to skip down a little while. So this is at 1030 hours. Encountering more rolling green hills now. The external temperature reads... 74 degrees Fahrenheit, which is very interesting there in Antarctica, but continuing on our heading now, navigation instruments seem normal now. I'm puzzled over their actions. Attempt to contact base camp. Radio is not functioning. Now we skip forward to 1130 hours. Countryside below is more level than normal. Ahead we spot what seems to be a city. This is impossible. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant. The controls refuse to respond. My God. Off our port, and the starboard wings are a strange type of aircraft. They are closing rapidly alongside. They are dish-shaped and now have a radiant quality to them. They are close enough now to see the markings on them. It is a type of swastika. This is fantastic. Where, we, where are we? What has happened? I tug at the controls again. They will not respond. We are caught in an invisible vice grip of some type. Skip ahead to 1135 here. Our radio crackles, and a voice comes through in English, which perhaps to be a slight Nordic or Germanic accent. The message is, welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax. You are in good hands. I note the engines of our plane have stopped running. The aircraft is is under some strange control and is now turning itself. The controls are useless. I think that is... Was, I kind of got into it a little cool. bit. That was a very juicy quote. Good one. Perfect. That's that's what we needed. <laughs> yeah. So that's the perfect setup. So there is some sort of UFO craft with swastikas on them. A s- supposed swastika-like insignia. S- supposedly they pull up on him in his plane, <laughs> talk to him over radio, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, 
I don't know if it said psych. Uh, it was like in his head, but mm-hmm. I think it was over radio. As far as I know, it was radio. And then they take control of his plane. Actually, they actually take control of his plane, fly his plane, and land, and land it. it. He he has no control over it. It just does it. And so now he lands in this uh, supposed city. Supposedly, yes. In this valley, this green valley in Antarctica. Supposedly very mountainous as well. And from what I read, the city was like a crystal city. Really? Okay. Yeah, what I saw, it talked about it being like like crystal structures. I don't... I mean, who knows? But... It's it's amazing. So uh, now I'm going to read you that quote. This is after he gets into that city and he's talking to their leaders mm-hmm. and uh, or leader, and the leader is called the master. Interesting, man. Yeah, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> why wouldn't he be? Yes, master. Uh, he's the master of the Crystal City. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, I bid you farewell, our domain admiral. I see a man with delicate features and with the etching of years upon his face. He is seated at a long table. He motions me to sit down in one of the chairs. I am seated. He places his fingertips together and smiles. He speaks softly again and conveys the following. We have let you enter here because you are of noble character and well-known to the surface world, Admiral. Hmm. Surface world? I half-gasped under my breath. Yes, the master replies with a smile. You are in the domain of the the Ariani, the inner world of the earth. We shall not long delay your mission, and you will be safely escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our flying machines, the Flugalrods to your surface world to investigate what your race had done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral. But I must continue on. You see, we have never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity. But now we must. For you have learned to tamper with a certain power that is not for man. Namely, that of atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers of your world. And yet they do not heed. Now you have been chosen to be witness here that our world does not exist. You see, our cultures and science is many thousands of years beyond your race, Admiral. I interrupted, but what does this have to do with me, sir? The master's eyes seemed to penetrate deeply into my mind, and after studying me for a few moments, he replied, Your race has now reached the point of no return. 
For there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I nodded, and the master continued. In 1945 and afterward, we tried to contract your race. Contact. Contact. Thank you. We tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugelgrads... That's a tough word. Man, I feel like I did it better earlier. Our flugelgrads were fired upon, yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fighter planes. So now I say to you, my son, there is a great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will not spend itself for many years. There will be no answer in your armies. There will be no safety in your science. It may rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled, and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. Wow. So wow. that's the end of the quote from that book. I almost want to make that connection to the interview that I was talking about where Admiral Byrd said that there was going to be planes coming from the North and South Poles. Maybe he made that connection to that. But that's what I'm wondering as well. That's what makes sense to me. But holy shit, that quote was dense man very dense it also reminds me of that um for anyone out there that's deep into the ufoology mm-hmm. um it has been highly believed that the large concentration of ufo sightings happened after we developed um atomic um weapons mm-hmm. and atomic um energy as well so when we started to delve into the nuclear energy world is when they started noticing us. Mm-hmm. And that coincides with the story. 100% it does. And it makes sense. They're like, hey, there's a bunch of apes with nukes. Yeah. like So we need to talk to them. It's like you've stepped to a point to where like they kind of said almost verbatim, there is no return. Like you have, you've gone too far. Yeah. You now have world-ending technology. Mm-hmm. So why are you guys fighting amongst yourselves over stupid ideologies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is with what all are this you doing? unnecessary, just stupid shit, Like, man. what are you doing? You can end the whole... You can destroy the whole planet. So what are you doing? Yeah. And also, we are... You know, I want to believe this is real. This is... Definitely a more tinfoil hatty topic we've... What do you mean? <laughs> we is, didn't even get into that totally. part of the podcast yet. <laughs> but it is very interesting. This quote-unquote master is like almost, I don't want to say all-knowing, but he seems very educated on to what is happening not only in his city, but also what is happening on how he says the surface-level world. Yeah. It's fucking cool, man. But it's also like, come on, man. Like, Did this really happen? I don't know. Side note, how rich do I have to be to have my own <laughs> side city yeah. surrounded by ice? That would be dope. Oh, um, but yeah, it is. It's extremely interesting. So even if this is all bullshit, um, the points that he's making are totally true, right? You're dealing with... He's kind of hitting on some Okay, real nuclear world. bombs have been dropped mm-hmm. and people are like... 
Yo. Yeah, because they reference Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, he's, he's talking about the nuclear bombs dropped, and he's like, yeah, now we got to talk to you guys. So, Are, Do we need to be enlightened? If Is we, the master the one? If we were going to be talked to or, um, you know, encountered by aliens or, in this case, an advanced... Hollow Earth society. <laughs> you know, um, to me... I, okay, I, I understand... I know they talk about it being hollow earth, but to me, it doesn't sound like hollow earth. It just sounds like, it just sounds like a city in Antarctica, right? It it does. Does it sound like that to you? It does. I did get the vibes of where these guys don't look like they're living inside the earth. Yeah. It sounded to me like a city in Antarctica, like in a valley. Exactly. And in their valley. Maybe below sea level, but. But in their valley was like, yeah, it wasn't frozen where they Mm -hmm. are. Um, but yeah, it's it's linked to hollow earth things. But to me, it just sounds like a valley in Antarctica that is uh, has a climate that's not frozen. I definitely agree with you. Is that a good way to put no, it? I, I totally agree with you. I just think okay. the hollow earth shit is just comedy. But yeah, people <laughs> talk about them being yeah. in a hollow earth. Like they they say that Admiral Bird had to fly like, like into down down into a tunnel yeah, inside like, of Earth like, to reach this city. <laughs> <laughs> Some Han Solo shit. Okay, maybe he did. But from the story I hear, it sounds to me like he he found a city in a valley. The only thing, though, that I will say is this quote-unquote master does mm-hmm. refer to Admiral Byrd and humans as the 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 society that is on top. What, how, how does he word it? The surface world. Yeah, he refers to surface it as the dwellers, surface world. What does he call them? Which maybe he's talking it more like mentally like maybe we're dumber which he is definitely it seems like he's kind of getting to that point which i get but okay i gotta give him some uh some credit here because honestly if there was like a hollow earth and a surface earth it would be dumb to be on the surface because we (laughs) are subject to like you know, how many times has our Earth been destroyed by comets and shit? And he's like, why aren't you on the inside Dude, of the also, planet? also, think about like the... You're retarded. Yeah. On the inside, it's totally safe. <laughs> yeah. We're guarded by everything, you know? Hey, you can't use that word, man. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just me playing devil's advocate yeah. on his side. But yeah. I get it. I mean, we do have like fucking super volcanoes under Yellowstone that could just wipe our shit out. So yeah, he's exactly. Thinking, he's like, the surface yeah, is so volatile. Are, shit, are you retarded? Why are you up there? <laughs> yeah. How did you even live? Yeah. How did you even evolve up there? Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. It's almost like we're we're monkeys. That the way he's describing, it, we're monkeys who got our hands on. We're definitely monkeys. We're, we're definitely. I know them. I'm an ape. <laughs> I'm a Neanderthal so? still. You're more Neanderthal than me. Look at you, you beast. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little extra bill, little neck beard. Right. I could be a Neanderthal if I wanted to for for Halloween or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, we sidetracked enough. Let's get back into okay. We've already started. Uh, we started bullshitting about this, but let's talk mm-hmm. about this: fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I'm going to read a little bit into this. Okay, uh, these books get all of their info from a secret diary of the admirals that was passed down to his son. However, there is no evidence that Admiral Byrd had a secret diary that he passed down to his son. Also, whether or not he actually made it to the poll is questionable. Here's a quote. Uh, Quote, 
It is a measure of the enduring fame of Richard Evelyn Byrd that nearly 72 years after he claimed to have been the first man to fly over the North Pole, scholars, navigators, and polar explorers are still arguing over whether he actually made it to the pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, helps to penetrate some of the mythology uh, shrouding Byrd's persona and both supporters and distractors of Byrd's of bird will relish it. It makes some long-standing questions seem all the more fascinating. End quote from New York Times book review of the book To the Pole. That was a juicy quote right there. Yeah. Definitely very fascinating, man. So he might not have even made it to the pole, let alone made it beyond the pole. That's what really fucking sucks about this one. Like, this is such a cool theory, and it's just shrouded in possible bullshit or forgery or lies or all good conspiracies are right you know you're not wrong man you are not especially like i love this one but it's just tough man i know let's get into a little more tough material (laughs) yeah and then we'll continue on so i'm gonna read a little more here um the clues are in bird's long lost diary of the expedition which an archivist at the center recently found in a mislabeled box of Bird's memorabilia. The diary contains navigational quotes that Dennis Rawlings, a Baltimore uh, navigation expert and historian of polar expeditions, has interpreted to mean that Bird failed in his attempt at the pole, even though he claimed to have reached it. One incriminating finding... The diary contains an erased but still readable sextant reading that put Bird about 165 miles south of where he would later claim in his official report to have been at the moment toward the end of the flight north. Rawlings said, quote, What we find in his diary is not consistent with Bird getting all the way to the pole. End quote. This is kind of where they're kind of shooting down what he's (coughs) claiming. And, you know, I don't blame him, man. There is some wishy-washy shit when it comes to Admiral Byrd. And it really just pisses me off more than anything. So, well, these are people who don't even go into the secret diaries. They don't even go into the crazy shit. They're just saying his normal, his normal stuff. on military record his normal explorations of him reaching the pole they have an asterisk they're saying we don't even think he reached the pole so is the guy just a hundred percent full of shit is he just a bullshitter yeah that's where i it's hard to make a conclusion but they yeah there is a decent case towards that this is he's full of shit yeah did he fabricate it Did, did he get all the way down there you know, they spent all this money. They got him down there. They got him close. And then they found out that, like, yo, his plane can't quite make it. <laughs> like, maybe it wasn't even him. Mm-hmm. Like, his plane is freezing up before he gets, you know, he's getting 100 miles mm-hmm. away from the pole and he can't quite make it. Or maybe he can't quite calculate it right. I don't know. You know, back then, he's doing it on a sextant, for God's yeah. sake. And that's where you know, I I, can, I don't want to take anything away from the man. He's a he's a G, dude. He is oh, a G. He's out dude. there 
doing this. I so, would be shitting my pants in that plane, dude. <laughs> Fuck all that. Man. Okay, but maybe he did. Maybe he didn't reach the pole. But yeah, it's, it's hard to say. The only evidence that say, I do yeah. support him is that like there is like Operation High Jump. If we come back to like he is referenced like on the wiki. Like he was a part of like pretty dope explorations. But it's like to what extent to where we're getting to here? Was yeah. it exaggerated? Who I'm going to go on record now. saying I have no knowledge <laughs> of any of this, but uh, in my heart, I believe Bird made it. He made it to the He bowl. made it? Yeah. I believe he made it to the bowl. Do you think he made it to the... Uh... <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't I don't know much, but I feel like he wouldn't say he did if he didn't. Dude, I watched an interview with him, and he looked like your hardworking, like, father of two or three, like... It sucks to yeah, probably had a family on yeah, the side. It looked like, <laughs> yeah, he had his Antarctica family and then he had his uh, US yeah, yeah. family. He had an Eskimo family. <laughs> yeah, no. He did uh, totally. They had a dope <laughs> Oh my god, man. All right. Yeah, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Who it's hard to knows? say, man. It's hard to say. Okay, but maybe he didn't, but he had to he had to say he did for America. And that's that's part of it too. You I don't want to get just too, just like yeah. the guys who supposedly went to the moon. So I we was had, they just had to gonna say that, Nick. I yes, was just gonna say they, that shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> they had to say they did for mm-hmm. America. Yeah, because America's got to be there, right? America, fuck yeah. So yeah, um, that's oh, all man. we got uh, is our bullshit. Um, Should we move on? Sorry let's. If we, I think <laughs> we I think we covered that. Okay. Let's move on. So um, I want to talk about the Antarctic Treaty. Okay. So this is uh, a little bit after this happened with Bird. Okay. Um, the Antarctic Treaty was signed in Washington on December 1st, 1959, by the 12 countries whose scientists had been active in and around Antarctica during the international uh, geophysical year of 1957 and 58. It entered into force in 1961 and has since been ascended to, uh, acceded to by many other nations. The total number of parties to the treaty is now 56. Proponents of the hollow earth and other <laughs> conspiracies around Antarctica have claimed the treaty was made up to keep the truth hidden. That is to keep the hollow earth truth hidden. Um, However, here are some important provisions of what's actually said in the treaty. Um, Article 1. Antarctica shall be used for peaceful purposes only. Calling bullshit. Article 2. Freedom of scientific investigation in Antarctica and cooperation towards that end shall continue. Okay. Article 3. Scientific observations and results from antarctica shall be exchanged and made freely available you know i don't want to be it that sounds guy. good to me it sounds kind of pr though too you think i don't know i i don't want to believe that man the way they're saying it you know and it could totally be surface value this yeah. is what it is but it sounds a little pr to me all right, I like that you're going on that end. I'm going to go devil's advocate. Okay. No, so, I like this. This is good. Okay. So um, I like you're on that end. So let's just say, okay, yeah, to me, it sounds like, hey, 
Here is a giant frozen block of ice with nothing in it. Let's be peaceful and go ahead. Let the, let the scientists have at it. And that's just as valid as I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with that. That's totally not. Positive. I'm not saying that's my yeah. stance, but I'm just saying you're like, playing. De- no, exactly. I, I see. Exactly. I, to me, it sounds good though. Like, it Hey, just, yeah, you know what? Let's keep it peaceful. Let the scientists have at it there. I guess in theory, it does sound good. I will, I will go with you with that for sure. But a lot of people say, or a lot of, I should say a lot of conspiracists say, because apparently conspiracists aren't people. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, a lot of conspiracists say the treaty was made uh, to keep people from being able to dig in what's going on there. That's what I'm kind of pointing to. They made a treaty there that all the nations stay away from it um, so that we can't ever actually find out what's going on there. That... That's the big one right there. Yeah, they say the treaty is to hide. Uh, some people say the treaty is to hide uh, the hollow earth. Other people say the treaty is to hide technology that they found there. Yeah. Other people say the treaty is to hide an ancient civilization they found there. Um, it's that's like uh, that is that the ancient civilization is like frozen in the ice, but it oh, changes. Okay. But it would change um, our idea, our whole idea of history of the human race. Gotcha. You know, who knows? Who knows? They don't want that bombshell to drop if there is something fucking cool there, man. Right. But yeah, that's the conspiracy around the treaty because Antarctica is pretty left alone other than to as researchers. As far as we know. It's mostly left alone. Like, well, yeah, like we can't just go there. We can't just go there and exactly explore it but i will say that was i really did like how you played quote-unquote devil's advocate there because it totally could go both ways man i when he said the act one i you know i called bullshit or whatever who really knows who really knows i've wondered too also to play more devil's advocate okay how hard is it to go research it you know, is it just a matter of money like if i had enough money to put together a team and was like hey I got a scientist here, and we've got to go research this. Are they going to block me, or are they going to let me just do whatever? They're like, hey, man, if you can fucking survive out there, go ahead. <laughs> Dude. You know, they might be. They might be like, all right, yeah, go I don't go wanna, for it, yeah, man. I but don't want to. <laughs> by the way, you got about 18 hours out there, and you're dead. Yeah. So go for it. Dude, I don't Ma- Maybe they are. I don't know. It, but. Alex Alex Jones on one of their episodes, he was gonna fund Eddie Bravo to go to the fucking ice wall. Was he? Yeah, it was. I mean, they were joking around, but I'm like, dude, get me on that fucking ship. Like, oh <laughs> man, I would go. I would go. Sure. Yeah, you would go too. You gotta do some push-ups first. I do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely, we we would survive. I hope so, man. Unless we get stopped by a fucking other ship that they're just locked and loaded with ars and shit i don't know there's so, like weird evidence of people go in there and they get told to turn around i don't know if it's true or not I but f- i was just gonna say i feel like you should explain the ice wall a little bit for people who aren't familiar with it and um by the way that ties into this that all comes from admiral bird so supposedly um, he said he was flying 2,300 miles beyond the pole. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, 
he was flying beyond the ice wall and he was flying into unknown territories. So do you got any, um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, no, you but you brought spot, up the ice wall. So can you, try. can you give a brief explanation onto what that is? So as far as I know, as far as the ice wall is concerned, it really delves into the flat earth conspiracy mm-hmm. to where you imagine the earth is like a pizza or a pancake and to where, you know, if you're going to go to the edge of it, you're going to fall off, right? And I guess the theory of it is that there is a ice wall that surrounds the edge of the pancake. To- and and on mm-hmm. our maps, that's Antarctica. Exactly, to where our spherical Earth map, to where Antarctica is in the south, they extend it all the way around there. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at it as Earth. a sphere... It would look like a giant clump of ice. Mm-hmm. But if you cut that and stretch that out into a, a pizza shape, mm-hmm. um, it would be a wall of ice around the edge of it. As far as I know, that is how it's explained. I know we're getting a little far out there, but I do think it's interesting to throw into this topic. It definitely Yeah, no, we're connects. not endorsing it. We're just explaining exactly. It. Um, so you were saying about that is that possibly when past. Admiral Byrd is saying he flew he beyond flew past the ice wall, it is that he flew beyond the ice wall. And some people believe that beyond that ice wall, um, instead of um, if you can imagine it not being a planet, it being a plane mm-hmm. with an ice wall around it that he went to the South Pole and he flew beyond that and he found more land. Mm-hmm. So instead of him... Falling off. The- <laughs> well, not falling <laughs> off, but instead of him him uh, flying around the globe, um, he just kept flying on into more territories. It's very interesting, man. It's, so, it's cool to think about. But. So, yeah, that's, that's where proponents of that uh, ideology... Ta- um, that's where they kind of. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with my wording. No, I get it. They, I don't. I don't want to insult anyone. They kind of reference um, Admiral Byrd and his discoveries. But yeah, and, they reference his discovery and that he flew beyond the South Pole and he found more territory. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they they believe that that where we live on this plane, it just keeps going on, and there's more land, there's more territories, and more cities and things to yeah, find. I think you covered it pretty well. It's pretty yeah. hard to digest that topic and these kind of ideas and connecting them, but it's fucking interesting nonetheless. It's interesting. It, but also a little like and eh. I you know <laughs> Okay, I don't believe in it, but I respect people yeah. who believe in that and I respect what they believe. And so supposedly when he flew two thousand three hundred miles beyond there, he was going into um, the other territory beyond the ice he wall, and he land. found he found that city beyond the ice wall. So mm-hmm. some people believe he found that city beyond the ice wall. Other people believe that he f- he flew into an opening in in uh, the South Pole that let him fly into uh, 
the inner hollow earth there's where like he found that city. He could get through. So there, there's two entirely different but similar, uh, you know, conspiracies around it. Dude, this is like an RPG open world map. Like, you know, you start off the game, yeah. you're in an easy area, and the farther you get out, and then you explore more. You got to be kitted <laughs> to survive right. in these areas. But it's, it's very, what, what would I say, fantastical. I guess is the word. I don't know. Right. It's, it's it's cool, but it's also like I don't know, man. I don't know. It's hard to say what the fuck is actually going on, but who knows? Maybe who we're the all being lied knows, to man. about the earth. Who knows? I don't know. But I want to talk about something that I know is crazy about Antarctica. Let's fucking do okay? it. Okay. You know what? I don't know if hollow earth is true. I don't know if flat earth is true. I am not a scientist. I am not smart enough to know those things. Mm -hmm. But this one is interesting. So I want to talk about the Piri Reese map. The Piri Reese map is a world map compiled in 1513 by the Ottoman admiral and cartographer Piri Reese. Approximately one third of the map survives, housed in the Topkapi Palace in Istanbul. It was based on much older maps. What is so curious about the Piraeus map is that it shows Antarctica free of ice and it shows it quite accurately. Wow. But how could they know what the continent looked like without ice when it had been covered for millions of years? Either it was mapped by an ancient, highly advanced humans, or it was unfrozen for a period where more modern humans were able to discover and map it, but still much sooner than believed. Maybe there is evidence of a lost civilization underneath the ice. Dun, dun, dun. So this is where, I gotta be honest, I subscribe more to this theory. Do you? I definitely do, because how did they map it? It's it's hard to say, man. This whole topic is hard to say, but... How did they map it, and how did they map it so accurately? Like, as far as, like, how big it was, and the... Dude, it's like... It's pretty accurate. If you look at it, it's like, yeah, like, um, the outer, like, coastline, like, matches. And some people will say, like... Oh, you have to count this or this for it to be like perfect. It's like, <laughs> dude, these are people with a compass. Yeah, they didn't have in a piece GPS. of paper. Like it's, dude, it's as perfect as you can get. It is way more perfect than I could do it with a compass and piece of paper. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous how accurate it is. You know, you. I didn't really delve into that one, but the way you're, you're kind of selling me, man. You're kind of selling I'm, me a little yeah, bit, Red. I think it's because I'm sold on. Yeah, this you're one. selling it to me a little bit. I'm, I'm. So, here's what I'm getting at, guys. If I'm gonna go conspiratorial, um, I think that under the ice, I think they have found a evidence of a advanced ancient civilization that they're not telling us about. If I'm gonna be fully honest, if I'm going full tinfoil hat, that's what I think. That's Do you what I think believe. That civilization is still. 
alive or do you think no. that it's gone? No, I think, think it's I gone? think they're gone. I think okay. they're frozen. I think they're dead, frozen under the ice. But I think there's evidence of, um, you know, like their whatever they built. If it was pyramids, it's you gotta know, be. or what, and their ancient hieroglyphics. I think it's all frozen under there. Okay. And um, that I think that the U.S. is researching it. I'm man, I'm going super tinfoil. No, I like here, it, guys. Man. I like it. But I think that I th- I think we have people researching it. I guess if you know, it's hard. This one usually I kind of half pick a side. Like I'm going with this one. Right. This one's hard for me, man. It, it's a tough one. This one is just a tough one in general. You know, I want to believe in the Admiral Bird story, but it's really thin. You know, I, I don't want to sell out here, but I'm gonna co-sign you, Red, on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna co. I the way you set it up there makes a lot of sense to me, but who the fuck knows? Who knows? Hopefully, we find out one day. But uh, you know, as all the conspiracy conspiracists know. You know the government isn't going to tell us what they really know. Oh, if they if they found some the good shit, we'll never find out, man. There is no way. But I think there's something under that ice, man. I think so, there is. I, I think there is. Well, there's also and um, I subscribe to uh, Graham Hancock's theory. He's the man. He's the goat. Okay. Um, <laughs> I subscribe to his theory that uh, there were advanced humans much older than archaeology. Archaeology oh, yeah. says there was. I feel like I. Yeah. I, I totally. I. I think there was, man. The there's way, a lot of evidence for it. The way you're setting it up with that, you know, there's theories of we had a previous, like quote unquote, golden era. Maybe these yes. things frozen in the ice were a part of that golden era, and you know, yeah, everything were- falls apart. They were living there, chilling. <laughs> it you used know, to be green. On Antarctica, lush land. It was all green and like I, I don't know if it was tropical, but like yeah, they were chill. They were thriving there. The way just I like would we it. are thriving yeah. here, but in a hundred thousand years, what's the landscape going to be like here? Who knows? You know the uh, the the Earth changes so mm-hmm. much, and many civilizations have been wiped out by cataclysms. You know why? Why wouldn't they be? Mm-hmm. There's there's talks of a few cataclysmic events in the history of the Earth, and maybe yeah. the people that lived, maybe the society that was prospering in Antarctica was victim of one. Very possible. It's hard that, to say, but... Hey, man, maybe they're the real-life Atlantis. I don't know. Dude! Just like... <laughs> ha- have you seen all the ancient like um, pyramids that are underwater? Have you have you I've, seen those? I've heard of them. Man, look up the videos. Like you can see the videos of scuba divers scuba divers down there. Finding there them. is pyramids under the water. So you know what? Uh as far as the hollow earth goes, I gotta say, guys, I am sorry. I'm not a subscriber, but I I don't discount it. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not a subscriber. I'll be honest. I'm not ruling either. it out as a possibility. I am with you. If you have some real evidence, I want to hear it. I get the hype of it. I totally get it. But I am more for the uh, that there is an ancient civilization under that ice. Mm-hmm. I'm more for that theory. Okay. Yeah. I I like that one, man. I like that. I know. I know. On a lot of ours, we don't draw hard lines or we don't go deep into what we think. So. I'm giving you guys, uh, I'm trying to give you guys something more solid. 
Here's here's what I think. But uh, I'm not married. I'm not married to these thoughts. I am totally down mm-hmm. to change them based on facts and you know information that comes in the future. You know what do you got, Jake? To be honest with you, here I'm pretty tapped out, man. Yeah, that's about that's about all. This that's as topic, far as you go. This topic is fucking cool, but it's just shrouded in like a dark bubble of Let me mystery. Ask you do you think Admiral Bird made it to the South Pole? Yes or no? Man, don't give me a political response. I'm gonna say yes, he did. I think he did. Okay, I think he did. the The interviews that I've watched of him speaking, he seems like a a good gentleman, and maybe he did lie. Now, if I'm gonna make my my own theory is that if he didn't make it, like mm-hmm. how you kind of touched on earlier, that he was told yeah. by the government to say that he made it. So that's that's where I'm going with that. Some people think that he made it, and then he was told by the government to lie about the civilization he found. You could—that's the thing. You could pull it any way you wanted to. It's I know. hard, man. That's the only part of the conspiracy I believe. The only part of the conspiracy I believe is the government telling him not to talk about it. Yeah. It, once again, like who knows? But I, I'm gonna so go. You I'm think gonna stick with it. my guns. I think he made it, man. Do you I think, think he, he found a civilization? No. No. You don't think he did? I think... I don't think he did either. I don't think he did. I mean, honestly, dude, the fact that the other craft were, were you know, the UFOs coming up on him had swastikas on him, I don't I don't <laughs> oh, buy that man. for a minute. Okay, you're telling me he found, an, he found some civilization unknown to man, and they pulled up representing, you know, this, this symbol... That just happens to be the most giant symbol of World War II while he was doing this. <laughs> Dude, that, that doesn't is, that does not make sense. That is final boss right there. To me, that doesn't make sense. If he found some civilization that has been there, you know, for millennia beyond us, evolving for thousands of years beyond the rest of us on the surface, mm-hmm. they should have some different symbology, right? That's like the they wouldn't just be representing much. the most uh biggest symbology of the time right am i wrong you would think so i would think they, they would, would have their own they would have insignia. something yeah they wouldn't just use a fucking swastika now but we can if i'm gonna i'm really putting the tinfoil hat okay on yeah here, put okay? it on you ready Red? let's go they had that two layers of foil yeah <laughs> i'm doubling up here boys <laughs> yeah so they had let's just think about this they had the insignia first you know how there's like weird theories about how the Nazis had contact with aliens? Yeah. They based their symbol off the aliens. Oh, off the aliens? Yeah, or off this hollow earth UFO society, whatever yeah. it is. Hitler was was visited <laughs> by UFOs he was and meth- he came up, yeah, he was methed up and fucking I would have to be extremely high to go along with that one. Obviously, I'm just fucking around here. But I like it though. I like no, I like right. that you went there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm down with it. So yeah, um, I'm sorry, uh, Admiral Bird's secret diary, but um, calling BS. I don't I don't believe in it. Where's I, the bullshit meter at? Is it high? No, I mean the only way it could have been more bullshit is if a theosophist fucking came <laughs> up with it. Um, I gotta say. The more research I've done, the more I don't believe in Theosophist. And, uh, yeah, I don't believe in Admiral Bird's secret diary. 
as much as I would like to. I would like to, guys. I want to preface. I would love to fucking yeah, believe it. I'm copping out again. I want to believe. I it, but want I to believe it, but I can't. But I do believe. I believe the Nazi bell way more than I believe yeah, this. Yeah, I do believe that there was some weird shit found in Antarctica around I Operation do. High Jump, and there yes. was multiple others. Nanook. I, I will go there. I believe that they found something in Antarctica and they were researching something in mm-hmm. Antarctica that they didn't tell us about. I 100% believe that. And I think, in my opinion, based on um, all everything I've learned from Sesame Street, <laughs> no, <laughs> based on nothing, um, I, I believe they found an ancient civilization there that they don't want to tell us about. That's what I think. And I, I think it was very advanced. Okay. That's... What I think, uh, you know, I I'm not I definitely know where you're coming from. I believe that there was ancient c- civilizations that were very advanced. Now, do I believe that it was Antarctica or someone else? I don't know, but I do definitely find that Bro, plausible. They found the real Atlantis <laughs> for sure. They not only did they find pyramids, but they were like, uh, they had a form of like power that was like totally still working for sure based on thought. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's uh, what, yeah. But yeah. All right, guys. That's what I got on this. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think about it, you know? So drop us comments. Mm-hmm. Let us know. And hey, you know what? We we do look at comments, and we listen to them. So if there's something we missed or there's something you want to hear us or touch on... Or fucked up on, let us know. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're, we fuck up all the time. We mm-hmm. But we do our best, so... Thanks, guys, and drop those comments. Let us know. As always, check out the merch store because we're poor. <laughs> yes. uh, but, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, until next time, this is Red. This is Jake. Thanks for listening. See you.